You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed Podcast. I hope you have a fantastic day or evening or wherever you are. And this chat, I've got to say, is going to be quite different. It's got a lot of things we're covering. We're speaking with Alan, Jeffrey, and Jen from Prairie STEM, which is this amazing organization that really helps kids get into STEM in many, many different ways. We're going to be talking about, well, esports and STEM and robotics and the why do we do this in the first place. It's really worth your time. And uh, if you're just wondering, go, go check out prairiestem.org. As you listen to this chat, you're going to find there are many, many layers to this particular onion. They do many, many different things, and it is really well worth listening on in. And you know what? You might go, you know what? I think this might be something we can do, which would be awesome if you can emulate. Uh, So yeah, so uh, listen on in. It is well worth your time. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun, free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Alan, Jennifer, uh, Jeff, welcome to the Phys Ed Podcast. Thanks for having us. Oh, look, I'm really stoked to ha- uh, honestly have you, have, have everyone here to have a bit of a chat around STEM. I mean, this is what we all do uh, for a living and you're know, obviously very passionate about it. But we got to hang out last week and chat a little bit more about Prairie STEM and all the things you've been doing. And I really wanted to learn a lot more. So uh, I might just quickly flick to Alan. Um, okay, we got to chat. Let's be honest. Well, I kind of got a bit of an idea, but some people might not know what you get up to. So uh, Alan, can you describe uh, what does the organiz- organization do? Absolutely. So uh, thanks for taking time out to speak with us, Ben. Um, what our space is, is specifically K-12 education, where we focus on STEM integration and bringing technology to students, not for the sake of bringing technology as the bright, shiny object, but for the sake of bringing students along so that they understand their greatest value. So that when students are going through and they're learning about robots, they're learning about drones, AR, VR, it's all about trying to connect themselves to the story that we're sharing, which is you can, you can be good in math and science in all these different areas, but by bringing all these different areas of technology into education, that you're able to teach those standards in education. That it's more than just the math, it's more than just the reading, it's everything else in between. It's the SEL, the social emotional learning, it's the culture, it's the empathy, and it's all those areas that reaches out to the heart that we're trying to connect with those students. It's so much fun. I mean, I remember you describing some of the, the lessons that were happening, honestly, just outside the room <laughs> where you were last week. I mean, they, they are, these seem a lot of fun. I mean, it's been, I was just wondering, hey, Jennifer, you are heavily involved with this as well. I mean, I mean, what's your favorite sort of class that you get involved with or created? I mean, I just love to get, get people listening into a bit of a feel of how you, how you do the things, how you teach the STEM uh, with the kids. So my favorite uh, class or um, series that we teach is Girls in STEAM. Um, right now, girls ages 8 to 14, that's typically when they start trying to um, see themselves as not someone that can succeed in math or in science. And they start kind of uh, doubting their their worth in those fields. And that's when most girls will drop out of those fields. So we have a program called Girls in STEAM. We focus on the 8 to 14 range. And it's an empowerment uh, piece. So they come in thinking, oh, we're going to do some really cool stuff with robots, which they do. Uh, This year, we've had to take it virtually, but we're still having fun with them. They come in, they do uh, a week for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. 
and then we have a big robotics um, competition. And by the end of it, they're ready to compete right beside everyone else. All those boys that are out there that they've thought in the beginning that they weren't good enough to do these kind of projects. By the end, they're mm -hmm. competing side by side. They're taking home trophies. They've got huge smiles on their faces. Uh, many of them have come in never even using a robot before, never even opening up code before. And by the time they're done with it, uh, last year, we had a little girl bring home number one for coding, first place trophy, and she'd never coded anything in her life. She I just love that. That's really cool because I, mean, I, I, I love how, um, I mean, people think they, they're never good enough. But the reality is they always were. <laughs> they just yes. didn't know it. Um, and it's very much the case. Um, that, that's awesome. Can I just ask quickly, there's so many robotics platforms. Uh, what's the one that, that you guys play with a bit? So usually we use the scene bot um, that was developed here in Nebraska. This year, with it being virtual, um, those bots we couldn't really send home to everyone. So this year, each girl got a uh, Sphero Little Bits space rover. Oh, yeah. And with us landing on uh, Mars with the Perseverance, the whole, theory, uh, the whole season's been about space travel, space exploration. And then with getting ready for the Artemis, uh, the female launch that's going to the moon, we're really trying to hone in on that female empowerment with space travel and space exploration. That's awesome. Hey, um, and, and Jeff's here as well. Hey, it's kind of like a party in this particular podcast this time. Uh, Jeff, how, how do you get involved with that Prairie STEM? What do you get up to? Uh, so I was, uh, I started off as a music teacher, putting the A in STEAM instead of STEM. Uh, and then I got my master's, my first master's was in technology. And then I worked with a bunch of school districts. And then I've done professional development for teachers in technology for the last 25 years. And then uh, I retired, retired uh, a year and a half ago. And then uh, Prairie STEM seemed like a perfect fit because it was kind of the same stuff I had been doing for the past 35 years. Uh, and uh, so it, it just seems like a match made in heaven. And they're stuck with me. So. <laughs> and that all happens funny how what you fall into but that's really cool i love the fact that you're doing the a a in stem like i mean the steam thing is not going to go away it is highly creative and honestly with with all that background and knowledge i'd love to know um and that's sort of like so i suppose put you in the spot so i'll let you think about it for a little bit but you know how like getting arts into stem is a thing and you know, there are different ways of teaching the lessons and you know, if you had to teach i don't know just say at a, a, in two days time no, that's not going to happen because that's the weekend. Let's just say it's Monday next week for you. Uh, but the um, you have like you, you got a brand new bunch of kids. Let's just say they I don't know they're thirteen years old, um, and they honestly think that arts has got nothing to do with science whatsoever. It's got nothing to do with technology. What sort of lessons would you kind of do to go? You know what, kids? You, you, there's more to it than you think. <laughs> Here are some things. What sort of things would you sort of would like to run to kind of break that sort of headspace? Yeah, so uh, I think engineering is is probably the natural place to start in the world of STEM, uh, just because when you think of engineering a bridge, you can make a bridge that's the strongest, greatest bridge in the history of the world, but if it is ugly or disgusting and nobody wants to be around it because it, it's simply utilitarian, uh, we like beauty in nature, the, the rule of thirds, uh, the golden rule, all those things that... Uh, um, uh, make life beautiful. Um, I'm a musician, so uh, I, I like to equate a lot of things to math. Um, there's a whole lot of music folks in, specifically in coding. Uh, um, there seems to, whatever that, uh, Seymour Papert said in his Mindstorms book that if Bach were alive today, he would be a computer programmer, and he equates the, the fugues 
uh, and the, uh, the meticulous nature of his composing style to computer programming in these days. So oh, yeah. those are a few of the ways. Um, and, it, you know, again, everything we do, uh, whether you're designing a robot or, or doing a, a, a scene for a video game coding, uh, all of that, the music adds into it, the sound effects, the beauty of the scenery, all of that art is everywhere in everything in STEM. And uh, so, yeah. No, absolutely, Jeff. You're just reminding me of a thing that we did last week on that new app, Clubhouse. Where I was hanging out with some AI educators, and um, we thought we had a bit of fun with this thing. And it's sort of a bit weird. Well, we had we had people from the audience throw different uh, words at the person who would then type it into the AI. Uh, a bit like a song in an hour challenge, where you send a song into an, in an hour, and the musician then has to create a song. But we thought, you know what? What if we uh, what if we throw some words at the AI and say, make a song in the to the tune of Dancing Queen with these weird words? And then we had a musician in there try and play it. <laughs> after with it's kind of it's kind of a lot of fun and then we had everyone trying to sing like we all we were all like hooked into the like a into the we could see it being live created uh was it, this particular platform was gpt3 um and it was just a uh it was kind of wild to mix the art and the stem together and everyone just was having fun i mean we forgot we were actually learning how ai actually worked <laughs> anyway it was really good to hang out actually i'd love to throw throw to any of you who i suppose we can talk over each other but i don't really mind <laughs> but um is technology evolves and this is very much that particular session i was doing last week was watching the evolution of you know the next things coming as technology evolves how do, how do you handle that from a um from from you know trying to get all the equipment in to be able to teach the next stuff i mean it feels like it's almost like an arms race to try to have the next coolest shiny thing and in reality i was hanging out with a coder uh two weeks ago and he was talking about going look mate Lego robotics, like you mentioned line, Lego Mindstorms, honestly isn't that much different to Turtle that I learned as a kid, like this little triangle that would move around the screen and draw the little squares and whatever. It's not that much different until you start messing with the sensors, even though it's a pretty looking robot. Uh, like, how, 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 do, how do we do this as educators? Because there'll be people listening in going, hey, do I have to buy the new stuff? Do we always? I don't know. What do you guys reckon? I think you have to just find a good uh, partner. So we go into the schools. The teachers don't have to upgrade every year to whatever the newest item is. They mm. partner with some outside organizations, some different nonprofits that can bring um, the education to them. So you don't have to have a classroom set of Oculus. You don't have to have a classroom set of these robots. You contract with someone like us to come in. We bring in the cool, shiny toys. Uh, we teach them about the science, the technology behind it, and then they can keep their students up to date without having to go through the cumbersome red tape of trying to get new items in their classroom, which by the time they finally get it to the classroom, it's outdated because it took so long to get the money and the paperwork done to get it into the classroom. This makes a lot of sense, Jennifer. I mean, that's sort of what, what physics does, honestly. I mean, our, our job is to keep up with the bits and pieces. I mean, of course, there's an expense to that. But if we're going out to multiple schools, I mean, that then halves, breaks that cost down very, very fast. And the schools don't have to front 10 grand, 15 grand, or even five grand for a thing that might be used for a block of time. And it's really good at collecting dust for a while. Oh! <laughs> and then it goes again. <laughs> and off we go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I remember we were chatting last week about some... I was amazed just how much you guys actually did. I mean, I mean, yeah, Peristan has been doing some stuff in, in, in your area. But honestly, you've got some global, chap, global chapter stuff going on there. Um, Alan, I'd love to hear a bit more about, you know, what you were describing that's going around all over the place. That was really interesting. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of that uh, is credited to our high school volunteers where we work with a group called Just Imagine, and these high school volunteers 
have really kind of taken the uh, service volunteer to heart work. Um, when they work with us in the past, it was working with our students in the schools. Uh, in light of the last year's events, you know, most everything that we've done has transitioned to virtual programming so that um, all of the in-school lessons that we used to do is now available online. So with our uh, high school partners, what we've done is allowing them to get service hours through virtual mentoring. So what they do is they work with these students and you know, we all know in terms of education that teachers are struggling. Uh, everybody is in survival mode. And so to the best of our ability, it's been to try to deliver programming to de deliver service in a way that kind of makes their full plate of education delivery that much easier to deliver. And so with the partners that we have on uh, these chapters, these uh, Just Imagine chapters all, that are spreading up as uh, new chapters across the country in different cities, as well as in different countries, um, it is taking what Prairie STEM has already built on the website with virtual curriculum. It's taking Prairie, what Prairie STEM has done with eSports. It's sharing our girls in STEAM programming so that we have women leaders, not just uh, in technology as professionals, but all the way down through the continuum of education so that we have college um, leaders in their programs that are, that are females, high school leaders in the program that are females coming together through our girls, um, sisters in STEM leadership summits, for example, and then working specifically with those middle school girls that are really kind of facing those challenges uh, in a very personal, deep sense where they don't have anybody to connect to because they're in a remote learning environment. Uh, where 50% you know, of most of these students are still not in person in schools. And so this becomes the only opportunity for them to really be able to connect. And they're connecting in a way that is um, stronger than what we ever imagined. You know, when we had planned this, it was just to try to get the, the inspirational stories to these girls along with some great content where you have PhDs in marine biology talking about the amazing stuff they're doing with their underwater laboratory and bringing that to middle of Omaha, Nebraska, which is landlocked, but they're able to connect with this phenomenal marine biologist, you know, that, that works uh, on the Eastern seaboard. Um, you know, across all the different levels, being able to have these girls see themselves in a different light. And a lot of these girls don't have uh, access or opportunities to connect with that high level of talent. Uh, and so when we're bringing in these role models, whether it's from career professionals to uh, undergraduate students, to high schoolers, and then you bring them all together to basically lift and carry and support these middle school girls. What does it do for those middle schoolers looking ahead into their own future where they understand that these phenomenal people ahead of them, they all dealt with their own struggles. And so whenever they come together to talk, we give them three questions to answer. And it's always been, how did you get interested in STEM or STEAM? What were some of the obstacles or challenges that you had to personally overcome? You know, and again, by sharing those personal authentic stories, it really gets these girls to open up and see that they're not alone in their own struggles. And the last thing are what are those advice, you know, life advice things to get these girls through the next few years as they're trying to decide not just what they want to do, but who they are. So it's been extremely powerful. Um, that is one aspect that has translated and transcended not just the, 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 the city limits or the state lines. It's one of those things that everybody, every girl in middle school across the world uh, is struggling with and would love that opportunity to connect with those that are at you know, different points in their life.
Really and for the girls that are in other states or other countries, uh, our social media's accounts, we have flyers for the registration um, codes. So if they want to get in on any of the Sisters in STEM leadership conferences or our summer camps that come up or um, any of the um, lessons that Ellen talked about, the lessons are on the website under our STEM kits that anyone in the world can access. And it has the logo for our Just Imagine um, high school students that created those ones. And then our staff members have the other logos on them. So they can go any of the age groups right there. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so while you mention that uh, now, I mean, what's that website so that people can like jot it down wherever they are? It's uh, www.prairiestem.org. And then if you're looking on social media, uh, Prairie STEM is on Instagram, Facebook, and um, Twitter and LinkedIn. Well, definitely. I mean, as usual, we put those in the show notes for sure. It's I mean, very, very, very important. Yeah, that's why these are here. So you can connect with people and, find, and you know, use these resources. Absolutely. Hey, uh, one of the things I got, we mentioned briefly, we only dropped in just a slight hint, like open the door just a little bit about the esports thing. Now, I thought that was really cool because, I mean, there's not many places that in, integrate esports into, into a STEM organization. So, I mean, I'd just love to know a bit more about how that all works. Yeah, that's a great, thanks for that lead in. That was perfect. Um, the eSports the e program for us is all about meeting students where they're at. We all know, I'm a parent of three, that as soon as they're done with their schoolwork, as soon as they're done with their chores and homework and those things, uh, they all wanna jump on their devices. They all wanna jump on their consoles or their computers to play games. And in this world of remote learning, this sometimes is their only chance to connect with their friends outside of the learning environment where they can be their own true authentic selves. And then when you hear them talking in their headsets, you know, it's a whole new ball game. Uh, Esports is the fastest growing global sport slash activity in the world. Um, if you just do a quick Google search, you'll see you can judge uh, the uh, impact of any activity or event based on the dollars going into it. And you can see on the esports side, I know that there are uh, initiatives, businesses, hedge funds that are pulling money out of fossil fuels and putting them in, into esports, which gives an indication of how impactful this is. There are major corporations that are sponsoring esports teams in the big cities where these team sponsorships rival that of professional sports. Whether it's football, soccer, baseball, basketball, there are esports teams forming now in the different cities and getting and attracting the kind of crowds that previously was only reserved for these you know, massive uh, media rich events, you know, like the Super Bowl or the NBA playoffs uh, or, or FIFA World Cup. Um, when you click into or again, do a quick Google image search at any of these esports events, you'll see stadiums, you'll see uh, arenas packed full of kids, adults coming out to watch the esports games. Um, so what we've done is we've taken that that affinity that kids already have, then it's, you know, it's nothing that we have to do. They're already there. We're just connecting it to education because uh, more than the math, the reading, the hard skills that you are expected to learn and test on standardized testing in schools, it's really about the soft skills for us. It's about the communication, the collaboration, the teamwork, empathy, leadership, you know, those skills that are not specifically taught or tested over, but those are the you know, starting one skills that you need to get uh, and get onboarded successfully into any company. So for us, when you're doing games or especially their team games, whether it's League of Legends, um, Overwatch, uh, Fortnite, those things, and you hear these students, you know, some of them as young as 
10, 11, 12 years old communicating through the headsets. Now you're listening to these students that if they were to give a speech, they might clam up and not look at the camera, eye contact, that kind of stuff. But then if they're on Twitch playing Fortnite and you hear the stuff that they're talking about, they're talking about and using terminology and vocabulary that you typically would uh, ascribe to somebody in a special forces elite team doing some sort of a, uh, a cyber assault, you know, on a building kind of deal where um, they're talking about, you know, flanking and, and, and covering the front or watching their, their six. Uh, and, they're, and, and they're doing this in a way that's real time, uh, using critical thinking skills, adapting to the situation, working cohesively as a unit. And the best part is, and this is where we differ, I think, is when they fail. When they fail, that's when the best learning comes. When they get disappointed, and when you see those emotions coming to the surface, you know, they're just playing a game. But for them, it's much more. For them, it's, it's letting their, their buddy, their friend, their partner down so that the next time around, on the next round, they immediately come together, they work on their strategy, they work on their skills, and then they address whatever caused that failure, and then they're able to be better the next time around. And then so it's these iterations of constant failure that they find towards success. And it's all those concepts of team sports that you find on the pitch, on the field, you know, on the courts that we're now bringing in a virtual environment. Number one, because we're in COVID and everybody is in front of their screens anyway. But number two, because this is really kind of the, the next level where the future of our society is all at some level technology-based. And so how much better is it for these kids, you know, for them not just at this point to be users of it or consumers, but then for those that want to take it to the next level to then become the creators and the content experts in those. Totally. I mean, I was actually thinking about the collaboration skills, all these soft skills that we often talk about. It's a thing and we need to be able to use these and any platform that the kids are going to want to hang out, let's hang out there. That makes a lot of sense. And I was actually just... And then we have this program with the, the eSports. It's, um, we call it uh, gaming for good. So gaming, the number four, and then good. We have a hashtag associated with it. So at the end of these tournaments, um, when the kids enter the tournaments, which we have monthly, they have to select a charity that they want to compete for. And then the top three teams for both uh, brackets, we have a teenage bracket and then a 12 and under bracket. They get um, donations under their name given to their favorite charity. So and the top place really team cool. would get $150 and sent to their charity of choice. Yes. That is so so every month we have the tournaments. It's been so powerful. Go ahead, Alan. <laughs> no, I, was, I was talking about for us, you know, the, the light bulb moment was when one of these young players, I believe, uh, well, we won't give specific names, but he is a, a young player, I think he's all of 10 years old, and he played in a uh, Fortnite esports charity event, our Gaming for Good event. Um, he did phenomenal. He won the whole event at 10 years old, and then he donated to the cause of his choice, which is called Sammy's Superheroes. Had no idea, never heard of Sammy's Superheroes. When we dug a little deeper and learned about the story, this kid, Joseph, was him, Sammy Superheroes uh, is a uh, nonprofit charity that works with kids with cancer. And they provide support to those families of kids with cancer. And they help with the research for leukemia specifically. Well, it turns out this kid, Joey, a year prior was one of those patients, had leukemia, beat leukemia, came out, is now surviving and thriving. And in playing this game that he loves to play, he's now able to 
have a sense of community, you know, service where he's giving back to the same foundation that literally helped save his life. It's so amazing. And I was just thinking like gamification has got, it's, it's, it's got a bit of a role on in education lately. And um, I mean, I love that you're actually using the games. The kids actually want to use themselves at their own home. I mean, let's ignore schools for a moment. Let's just use the stuff they like using. But actually I was uh, hanging out with a teacher yesterday who's a maths educator. And I cannot remember for the life of me, the name exactly of this particular platform, but I'm sure you can Google this. You know how there's among us, like kids love that among us game and they're running around everywhere. Well, there's a maths version. In the math version, yeah, I yeah, know this is coming out. I wish I could remember this, but my memory's sort of gone. It is currently, if you're wondering, 3.30 a.m. in the morning on a Friday, so my brain's not going to work so well. But so maths, so look up maths and among us, I'm sure you'll find whatever it's called. Uh, and the thing is the kids are running around through the rooms racing to finish the problem. Like get, you know, you know, learning how the images work, how the calculus works and whatever. And they're doing it as teams as well. And I thought it was really cool. Um, and so there's, I mean, there's so many different education spinoffs. I mean, I think like, I mean, this is a few years now, let's be honest, people have been using Minecraft for many years now, but Minecraft for education is a real thing. I mean, I know of a geology program that teaches honestly rocks using Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> Why not? So you can do whatever you want with gaming. And if kids are having fun, Hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. Absolutely. Well, and again, it's, it's that aspect of uh, they're playing a game. They're not trying to learn a lesson, but along the way, you know, they're able to learn that lesson and learn it at a much higher degree than if you were trying to teach a, sp- uh, 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 a topic specific like coding, you know, and, and I heard this recently from a good friend of mine um, who, who, who shares his example all the time when you're talking about integrated learning and he talks about trying to teach someone how to skate, ice skate. You know, we're, we're here in middle Nebraska. It was minus 20 just a few days ago. So, so the cold Fair weather has, <laughs> has affected our brain. Uh, but if, if I wanted to teach a kid to skate, it's one thing to teach them the physics of, you know, edges on ice and, and coefficient of friction and balance and those things. But if you really want to teach a kid to skate, give them a hockey stick, a puck, and a net. And you say, go have fun. What before the afternoon is over, these guys are doing tricks and turns and twists on the ice without even thinking about it because they're playing this game of hockey. Yeah, that's it. I mean, education by stealth. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a book like I teach like a ninja or there's lots of teach like pirates. There's like teach like anything books these days. There's one way to sell a quick book is give it a weird title. But this whole idea of uh, doing an education thing. And um, I mean, the, if the kids don't really, that, 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 they don't really mind if they're going to learn something if it's not being forced upon them and they don't want to do it. If they want to do it, they're going to learn anyway. Like it's just, it's pretty, it's like a no brainer really. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. This is awesome. So again, I mean, um, I mean, is there anything, I mean, I was just thinking Jeff, I mean, you're heavily involved with your, with, with art, arts and steam and, and, and music education, all the rest. I mean, how do you, so, how do you sort of integrate, um, I mean, things like these games and whatnot in, into arts as well. I mean, it, or, what else could you imagine happening um, as oh, the I, world I, grows I, further? Yeah, I want to share one of our projects. We are a partner with a group called NeuroTrainer, uh, which is a software. It's, uh, it's called React is the game that they have available on the Oculus Store. And it uh, improves uh, peripheral vision, reaction times. Uh, it started off with professional sports players, and uh, now there is anecdotal evidence that it seems to improve academic performance as well. Um, so we are 
are trying to uh, begin some research to study this and see if academic if uh, academic skills are improved through the use of this virtual reality environment. I know you said you were just on a VR uh, call yesterday or recently, and so you're probably up on some of this stuff too, but it's just amazing how all these things intertwine and uh, reactions in the brain. And so our, uh, one of the eSports teams that we kind of work with uh, in the Gretna Public Schools, um, they did a study with NeuroTrainer where the eSports students used NeuroTrainer for, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes a day or whatever over the course of several months. And then they, they uh, did uh, some not only statistical analysis of their performance, but also anecdotal and stories uh, um, about their experiences, how it improved them, how it shaped them. And every one of the students said they felt that they had improved their skills, their attention, their uh, um, reaction times had all been improved through the use of this. So I think that's one of the cool things. I'm a big proponent of GarageBand on Macintosh computers. I don't know if you use that. Yeah. As, uh, I was there the day that Steve Jobs introduced that in 2006 at Macworld. And uh, being a music teacher, having music and computers come together. And so that's been one of my favorites um, for a long time. And so... Yeah, I love photo and graphic design, artwork, Photoshop, all that stuff. So, anyway. You know, so here, here's a kicker, Ben. On our YouTube here. channel, you can see some of our students' videos. Uh, they We took them to an art uh, gallery and had them make their own garage band music to partner with the, the pair with the art gallery and then had them do some green screen work. And we've got uh, all those student videos up on our Prairie STEM YouTube channel. Awesome. Yeah, and there's really nothing that... Um, what we found is there are no limits to where we can do this translation, translational learning. You know, we, we talk about technology, we talk about music and arts. Um, our, our conversation just before this call was with this phenomenal organization called No More Empty Pots, where it's all about addressing food insecurity. So food insecurity in STEM. You know, at first blush, you don't think there's any connection. But then when you're talking about what it is that we've been doing on our end, which is all about creating STEM kits, which are these box supplies with lessons that we send out to uh, students to have this connection, the hands-on piece with their teachers. And then you connect this to the food element, you know, and the culture and the science behind that food. When they're talking about things like uh, they've, they've created some amazing lessons using the simplest of ingredients of popcorn, where what does popcorn and the science of popcorn look like for a student and then when you, when you add in, you know, the soft skills of, of different seasonings where they can do a taste test with their families and then talk about, you know, the, the communication skills, the surveying, the statistical skills that's needed in trying to get those responses and how that relates to the food, which then relates to the culture, which then, then relates to the life. You know, all of this is based in, you know, the, all those different areas of uh, interconnectedness of learning. Um, how much better? You know, we feel we do a pretty good job with esports, getting kids where they're at. There's nothing more connected than food, and if you can make the food the thing that gets them talking, or the thing that gets them even better more than talking is asking questions. You know, when they're talking about why does this uh, chocolate concoction turn into hard shell, you know, on top of ice cream? How great is that? Or give them a bag of ingredients and then allow the student themselves to make ice cream. 
you know, and what that does to the, to the kid, um, not just because of the love of food and because they want to eat something, which again, there's all sorts of different elements of teaching, nutrition, healthy eating, you know, all those areas. But then what does it do to empower that student, you know, especially if they're in a single family home, a single parent home where the, the parent is working and the kid is left at home to their own devices, you know, better than eating junk food that they, that they, uh, that they look, you know, they, they grab out of a snack pantry or whatever, they can now figure out how to make something on a, well, arguable whether popcorn is, is, is the healthy, you know, component, but they can basically learn to uh, uh, cook and learn to create things that they would, you know, like to eat themselves and share with their families. 100%. I mean, I was just thinking, and by the way, it's only is how much butter you put on your popcorn, I suppose. But the, but the, um, the I mean, popcorn, I mean, yeah, just like his audio, uh, Jess was like, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm totally up with it. Yeah, add more butter on it. I'm going to go for it. But uh, in moderation, of course, we should be doing the healthy eating. Hey, speaking of which, funnily enough, uh, it's National Science Week in August for Australia's uh, theme is around food. And it's actually around technology. And so we're actually looking forward to it. We've just thrown together a food science show and a food science workshop. Shop. They're two very different programs. So one's designed for 30 kids and they uh, yeah, learn what food technologists actually do and how they test food and why should that matter. And uh, the food science show, we're going into molecular gastronomy and kind of doing some funky stuff that Hesson Blumenthal yeah, does. Awesome. Liquid, liquid noodles. Yes. Yeah. 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 A lot well, of the, the science of food, you know, when, uh, have you read of Kenji's book, uh, Food Lab? No, but Where I he, should. Oh my goodness. That is a must read. Um, Basically, there's a whole chapter dedicated to how to boil an egg. Interesting. You know, who, who, which at every single level, it talks about the, uh, the, the, the differences of, of a raw egg all the way to a majorly overcooked hard-boiled egg and all the, di- all the changes that happen oh. throughout. Chemically, uh, then, the albumin does lots of funky stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 very much. And then how, you know, there's the science of applying, you know, uh, salts and fats and those things and how it changes the flavor profile and what's the you know if you're looking on a bell curve what's the maximum optimum uh heat that you want for the perfectly cooked medium rare steak you know that kind of stuff so yes there is all of this science that goes into it but in the end nobody cares about how long or how high the temp is what they care about is how that tastes and how it makes them feel um and and Yes, the, the empathy, the culture, the, you know, all of those things wrapped into it is exactly why we do what we do. And then layer on top of that, when you're teaching these young kids, you know, a, an appreciation or love or passion for food, and as they go through what, seeing themselves as someone that can create, you know, being the content creator of that food rather than a consumer of the food, what does that kid look like when you start throwing in principles of entrepreneurship? When you can start talking about now you're, you're looking at a career technical education. Now you're talking about um, that popcorn with the perfect amount of butter and the right amount of seasoning. You know, uh, for us, it's all about um, trying to give these kids an ownership of their ideas. And again, looking at their true self and seeing value in it and that their ideas merit something more than just a good grade. Yeah, that their ideas can translate into something of, of much greater value down the road. And so we want to teach those areas of STEM entrepreneurship. You know, Absolutely. And, and all of that. 
I mean, I was just thinking, like, no matter what we talk about, whether we're talking esports, technology, popcorn, whatever we're talking about, <laughs> if you strip back the layers, they're really conversation pieces. And they're designed to be able to go, you know what, kids, there's something bigger here. Maybe you may want to go a bit deeper, and it's something they might want to connect with. And I just love what you guys are doing at Prairie STEM. It's really, really cool. And, um, and just, again, in case people missed uh, where they want to go to find out more, where would they need to head off again? Uh, www.prairiestem.org. Easy, eh? <laughs> Prairiestem.org. So, so pop on over there and find out all, all it is. And uh, just before you guys head off, I mean, there will be people, all sorts of people listening to this podcast from all different walks of life and all around the world. Um, I mean, perhaps if you had, I don't know, just say you had a bunch of teachers coming, coming in and they were going, you know what, we want to emulate what you're doing in our own classrooms. Uh, what would, you, what would you suggest as a potential piece of advice that they could take away as a starting point to making cool stuff happen in their school? Ask the kids what they're into right now. So if you can connect what your lessons are as to what they're, they're passionate about, what they're doing on their own personal time, if you can bring that and implement that with the lesson, it's going to stick more than if you're just pulling something that you find interesting versus what they find interesting. So with our esports and uh, our different initiatives, we ask some students and we get a feel for what they're really into. If they're really into Among Us and you want to do the math from Among Us, like you were talking about, it's going to stick more than if we just go up to the whiteboard and start doing math problems. Yeah, I love it. So student-centered. Yeah, and I want to throw out there too, um, probably the best advice is to keep it simple. Uh, you know, for what we do, uh, I don't want someone to say, oh, well, they're using these, you know, fancy VR, AR goggles, or they're using drones or robots and, you know, all these great, best and greatest things in technology. Um, that's not the case. You know, th those are th some of the elements that we bring in, but some of our most engaging lessons have to do with the basics. And that's taking straws and tape and trying to build a straw bridge, you know, and then, and then seeing how heavy that bridge can carry a weight. That simple lesson by keeping it simple, translates into a design engineering lesson. But beyond that, it's an SEL social emotional lesson where they're teaching not just the strength and resilience of the bridge and carrying that weight, but the strength and resilience of the individual, the student, during a very difficult time. And how do you carry the weight of society, the burdens of society? How do you carry the weight of struggling in school or a hard or difficult family life? And then relating that back to the simplest of objects, which is basically just straws. And if they oh, sorry. Uh, three cents, please. Say, Go, no, I, four cents if you'd like. Four cents. I don't yeah, have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would just say make it fun. You know, don't take yourself too seriously. Enjoy yourself. I think all of us have a kind of laid back approach to things. We're uh, um, just enjoy the kids, enjoy the learning. Uh, make that it about passion and uh, and social emotional you know um, working together in teams all those soft skills I think is one of the hallmarks of what we do is we really try and focus on the whole child uh, the art side of them designing the social emotional getting along working in teams relaxing it's not rocket science well sometimes it is but uh, it's not always rocket science. And even that, you just uh, just enjoy it. Right. And sometimes the teachers, I and think, then, uh, um, yeah, I was going to say the, the last thing, the teachers sometimes feel like they can't teach it if they're not the experts. That's totally not the case. 
you know, at this point, we're at a point, I'm at a point where I know when I go into these room of middle schoolers or high schoolers, I am not the expert on whatever that technology is, that there is someone, if not a lot of them, that know way more than I do. And then so I let myself take a back seat following their lead, which I know might be difficult for leaders in the classroom. But that's one of those things where, again, how we view ourselves is not to teach from the top down, it's facilitating from the bottom up. And then we mentioned a few times the social emotional learning. If you are looking for uh, ways to incorporate that into your class on our website under the uh, STEM kit lessons, we have uh, social emotional learning links on every lesson that we produce because we work with an organization called Spark Positivity and they assign traits and help incorporate that learning into some science and math. Fantastic. Look, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Look, Jeff, Alan, Jennifer, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I know it's actually probably a better time for you than it is for me, <laughs> but I actually, but um, I, I am actually, and if people were listening in, there is a reason I'm up at this time. Apart from connecting with and chatting with some really cool educators, I actually am about to teach a lesson on science of sound uh, to a group in Cleveland, but I've been having a lot of fun having a chat with you and really love hanging out. So, look, thank you so much for joining uh, here on this podcast. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Great talking to you. You were awesome. No, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, much appreciated. Well, have a fantastic uh, afternoon. I will have a fantastic morning, and uh, one day I'll sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep's <Excellent>. overrated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Thanks. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Alan Wang, Jeffrey Ingraham, and Jen Miller, who are from Prairie STEM. And you can really tell, gosh, they're doing an amazing job. How cool is esports as a way of getting kids not only into STEM, but into charity? How awesome is that so look if you missed that website that you got to go to seriously go to prairiestem.org and check out what they're doing and have a think about how can you get involved so uh, i hope you have enjoyed this particular chat as usual we have more things coming up on the phys ed podcast and uh, i hope you've been having a fantastic day or evening or whatever you've been doing uh you've been listening to me ben newsom from phys education and as usual we're putting this doing all we can to make science and stem and engineering and maths and all that sort of thing is as engaging as hopefully as useful as possible for the kids. So uh, have a fantastic time and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au